from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is Conversations with Olivia Jade, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everybody. It's Olivia Jade. No surprise here. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations. Today, I have a very special guest, and I want to let her take it away, give you her whole intro, because she does many, many things, and um, I think we could all be very inspired and learn something from her. So please welcome JC. Hello, JC. Hi. Nice to virtually meet you. Welcome to the podcast. So nice to virtually meet you. You know, I um, I'm really close with Amanda Klutz. No way. Yeah, she's one of my girls. And so when I was watching her on Dancing with the Stars, I was so torn because I'm such a fan of yours as well. And I'm like, go Amanda. Oh wait, no, no, Olivia. I was lucky rooting for Amanda too, though. (laughs) She was so good. She's such a good dancer. Oh my God. Insane. She's also just like an angel of a human. I adore her. I adore her. Our kids go to school together. Like love her to death. She's the best. Oh, that's so cute. How old are your kids? She's three and a half. We just have have one. one. Yeah. So cute. Well, Uh, that's a great connecting point because she's the best. I love her so much. But um, so nice to finally meet you um, virtually. I know. I agree. Um, Do you want to maybe tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, just to give them an idea for those who don't know? Totally. Um, My name is JC Dupree, and I have been a digital entrepreneur, influencer, blogger, whatever you want to call us for Oh man, over 10 years. And I just released a book. It's called Liking Myself Back. It comes out on June 7th. And it's 
pretty much about my history, um, you know, on the frontier of being what it means to be an influencer and kind of what that looked like in the early, early days before, you know, TikTok and Instagram. Um, and it's kind of my story about my journey of how I um, really learned to self-love, you know, mm -hmm. more so than relying on the acceptance of others on social media, which is a challenge I'm sure we all face as social media influencers. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of my journey of how I got here. I love that. I actually can relate to that a little bit because I started my YouTube channel when I was 14. So that was almost like eight or nine years ago now, which is so yeah. weird, but it's so different than what it used to be like now, especially because I feel like I took a break from social media. And then when I had come back, TikTok was a like a platform <laughs> and I am so I'm still lost and I'm supposed to be like the same age as everybody that's making all these TikToks. <laughs> I just so feel it, no, not at, all. at it. I look at, I look at your account. You're probably looking at others too. I mean, that's kind of what we all do, right? We all learn from each other and I don't think anyone really knows what they're doing. We're all just like, you know, fake it till you make it, but you're so right in that the industry, I mean, technology just advances so quickly and the industry is shifting so quickly that sometimes it's hard to keep up. Right. Um, but I think it's good to take those breaks. Yeah, totally. What's like your thing that you do on social media and that you talk about? Like, how did you yeah. start? Um, well, I first started out just with my blog. Um, it's called damselindior.com. And I would literally just post like whatever I was into. Again, this was like 10 years ago when blogs were like the thing. Right. Um, I didn't have an Instagram and at the time, and, um, I just posted kind of like style tips, clothes, beauty, just everything that I was into. I posted about our travels and eventually my followers who I had a really close relationship with, um, and they were very engaged at the time. They still are. Thank God. And we have a very strong engaged audience. I, um, I would like kind of post a little bit of myself, not too much. Like mm. I don't love being in front of the camera. <laughs> Here I am always in front of the camera now. <laughs> So in the beginning, I would just kind of sprinkle it in and they were right. like, we want more. We want to see these outfits on you. Um, and I just quickly learned that those posts would do the best. You know, they would get like crazy amounts of engagement and we would sell more product as a result through the blog. Um, and then eventually, you know, we started, I started Instagram. Um, I started Instagram pretty late, actually. My main bread and butter is my blog. Um, but yeah, on Instagram, it's really now, it's just kind of a document of a documentation of my life, really. I yeah. mean, I share everything from what I'm wearing on a day-to-day -day basis, but I would say more it's now lifestyle, especially now that we ha do have a child. Right. It's a little harder to like get dressed every day and like show people how I'm doing that when you have like a three-year-old. Totally. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely evolved and grown and shifted over the past 10 years as, as humans do and as businesses do. Yeah. I love that. I also relate to that a lot too, because I feel like whenever I think this goes across the board and I think it has something to do with just at our core human beings are a little bit nosy and we love to be in other people's business and like yeah. see their lives a little bit, but I've noticed too on social media, um, the engagement is so much higher when it's like personal stuff or me in yeah. front of the camera versus me like talking about something. Totally. It's, Absolutely. It's like night and day. But you did grow up in a small town in Texas, correct? That's right. A very small town. So how did you, was that, were you surrounded by kind of like fashion and beauty and all of that or totally opposite? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I was surrounded uh, by cotton fields and a farm with animals on it. And no, not at all surrounded by fashion. My mom was really into it. Like 
for my high school graduation, she got me a Louis Vuitton backpack, which was like a huge deal at the time. Like right. nobody had <laughs> Louis Vuitton in my high school. No one even knew what it went, like was. I remember taking it to school, like on my last day of school, because I was like, I'm ready for college. And all the girls at school were like, what is this brown backpack? <laughs> like it's Louis wow. It's cool, I promise. Um, but no, it wasn't like a big deal back home to be into fashion. I actually fell in love with fashion and style. When I went to college in Chicago, um, my aunt Celeste had a store, a women's boutique on Armitage and Lincoln park. And I worked for her store. And this was back when like sex in the city was like the it show. And she would have like all the brands that they would wear in the show in her store. And so I just kind of like all the pieces of the puzzle kind of started really put like be put together at that point in my life. Cause I was in a bigger city with more events and things to dress up for like my sorority parties and stuff like that. And my girls, you know, took me under their wing and they were like, this is how you get dressed. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So it was a little bit later in life for you to like really establish your love for fashion. It was in college. Much. Yeah. Like I loved playing dress up on the farm. I would always, you know, play like Alice in Wonderland and, and play with like the flower girl dress yeah. that I was given at my cousin's wedding. Um, but I started to really dial it in in college, I would say. That's awesome. And that's when I'm assuming you started the blog then. I actually started the blog when I moved out to LA after college. Oh, wow. Um, blogs didn't exist back then. I'm a lot older than you. You don't <laughs> <blogs> look it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older and uh, gotta love LA. <laughs> um, no, I didn't start my blog. I started it in 2011, which was kind of when blogs were like becoming a thing. Okay. When I was in college, the board blog didn't even exist. Um, wow. Like who, what, where, and all those sites like weren't a thing quite yet. People were still very much into traditional media magazines and things of that nature. There were a couple of um, like style websites. Like I would write for Style Chicago because I was really into it, but it didn't quite exist mm. yet. Um, that would have been awesome had it existed during that time. It would have been really exciting. Yeah. I always think about that though, because I feel like this could be um, a contra, not controversial, but I feel like some people may disagree. I, and I think it's ironic that I'm about to say this considering my job is in social media and I'm like the generation of social media, I feel like. But I do sometimes wish that like it was kind of back, not back to how it used to be like before my time, I guess I didn't even experience it, but there's a part of me and I'm always curious to hear like other people that are in the same industry, like their thoughts on it um, about just social media in general and like where we're at now in 2022 versus how, and just how it like affects you, I think like on a more personal level and how much more yeah. reach we have. And like, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on it because this audience has yeah. heard me blabble about this forever. <laughs> well, I think it is very, very interesting. And I think it's going to be really cool and interesting and hopefully not scary to see how um this affects us like as a society mm -hmm. like in 10 more years you know like where are we going to be with social media how is the technology going to change i was literally just yesterday watching a ted talk um with the ceo of instagram he was speaking and in, he he was arguing that in 10 years the technology is going to just shift so much that he's hoping that it it, it won't be as um, like company driven as like analytics driven. It'll be more on the, like the creators owning their relationships with their audience mm. without getting like too hairy into like the tech side. I do think that we're in a place right now. I, at least I think so with social media, TikTok, Instagram, you name it, um, where people are smart now. And they, I think that they're more self-aware of the impact that it has and the toll that it has on their mental health. At least mm. I believe that they do. I know I certainly do, but there were some growing pains that came along with that. Right. Um, 
and maybe not everyone is like there. Like my mom, for example, is not quite there, right? <laughs> but she'll get there hopefully. Um, but I think your generation, um, unlike mine, like you guys, I think at least, and I might be speaking at a turn, but I feel like, you know, what you're signing up for. Like, right. I didn't really know what I was signing up for when I started my Instagram. I didn't know that meant like my whole life is going to be on display. Mm. I think that people, you know, 10 years, 15 years younger than, than I am at least like my friends, kids, cause that's how old I am. They like know what they're signing up for. Right. Like, All right. Like if I'm going to post this on my Instagram or my TikTok, like I know what that means. You right. know, you guys are like way more advanced and smarter than we are. No, not at all. I just <laughs> think that times are, are so different because even I remember when Instagram first came out, I was 12, I think. And I had made an account and my mom wouldn't let me have a public account. It had to be um, private. private. And then I remember... I remember this really clearly and it's actually kind of freaky because I was 12 when I had made it. And then I remember like kind of disobeying her and like going on public. <laughs> and somehow, I guess some people had figured out that um, my mom was on full house. So people were requesting my Instagram oh, and good. I accepted all of them because I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. And I didn't know either like what what that meant. It was it was a new platform. And I started accepting all these random people. And I remember like swiping down and seeing the follower count go up. And at such a young age, I was sitting there like, this is awesome. Like, look at all my followers yeah. go up. This is so cool. This is so great. And it's actually like now I think about it in my 20s and I think back to like my 12 year old self and I'm like, that's really scary that even at that time, like it wasn't really around yet, but that's where my brain went to be like validation, more followers. This is yeah. great. So I think with all like the amazing things that come with social media, it also is really freaky for like the even newer generation that's on it because I mean, it's just so much more advanced now and there's so much more comparison and so many more people online to look at and like want to be like, and it's really wild to me. It's very, very wild. And I am, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking about my daughter and her joining Instagram mm. 12. <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to do? But I think, you know, that's when like your mom, like it sounds like she did a great job in trying to protect you from that probably. Yeah. I think she didn't even her. know what it was like at yeah. that point in time. I don't think anybody really knew. Cause I mean, it hadn't taken off yet. Even YouTube, like there right. were some big YouTubers and content creators, but it wasn't like a job yeah, that or yeah, I was like, yeah, that was in the very beginning. I mm. totally get that too. I think, and that's, that's also like what to bring it back to the book. That is like kind of what I'm talking about in this book. And I hope that people will take from it. I mean, even girls that are like 12, 13, 14, 15, this is a great read for them because, um, I'm diving into my past living in Texas on a farm, feeling like that lost girl who didn't really have a place. Um, but I'm also diving into the negative effects that social media had on my life, my career, my marriage, my friendships. Mm. It really almost like it almost cost my marriage. Social media did just because wow. I got so wrapped up into this work mm. um, and not really knowing where to draw the line and knowing where to draw that boundary on, on what to share, what not to share. Um, you know, how much to really rely on those likes. I mean, my right. big joke is that like I spent 10 years trying to get people to like me <laughs> and now I'm liking myself back, which is right. the title of the book. I love that. Um, so I'm really hoping that the younger generation will read it um, or at least hear about it and hopefully take something from it. And just knowing that this, you know, that that validation that you get from the likes, which I mm. myself, I, I just admitted was really strong power for me. Um, it takes its toll. And it's really all about, you know, finding that self-worth and that self-validation from within that really matters the most in life. Yeah, I need to read that. <laughs> Please I do. look forward to it. <laughs> 
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Is your husband, um, is he, like, against being on your social media? Is he, like, not comfortable being he, a public... He used to be, when we met, he was like, if you Googled his name, he was not on Google. Like mm. he was one of those people, like the mysterious Grant That's Levitt. awesome. <laughs> I loved it. I know. Now I'm like so jealous of those people. I'm like, what does that feel like? That's so cool. Like so I want to cool. be one of those people. Um, and that was really appealing to me. And so when I first started, no, he was like nowhere to be found. Um, and I talk about this in the book too. We like as I'm growing and shifting and I'm traveling to like Paris fashion week and Dubai and like my career is starting to really take off. Grant wasn't really there. And so it really like put a fork be between us and it, yeah. it caused a marriage. And so 
when push came to shove, we like literally separate in the middle of the book as a result of all of this stuff, just like coming up and coming up. And so he basically made the decision and he's sitting over there. He's like, <laughs> Sorry, we're gossiping. He made the conscious choice to get on the court with me and play ball. You mm. know, he's like, all right, this is the family business. <laughs> I'm going to invest in it now. Yeah. And he just knew the importance of not just being like in front of the camera, but really just participating in my life. Cause this is my life right. it is on display, you know? So totally. I have to be worried about hiding a piece of it, um, which I was for so long, so many pieces that I was hiding for so long. Um, it really starts to take its toll on, on me physically, mentally, emotionally, and my relationships. So yeah. he saw that he saw the writing on the wall. Like, again, it wasn't about just like him being on my, in my pictures. It was more just him being involved and okay with everything and comfortable. And now you Google his name and he's everywhere. <laughs> Sorry, Grant. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> no, no, he knows it's, it's all in the book. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, yeah. What about your daughter? Three is obviously Aww. really young. Yeah. Is yeah. she online with you guys or do you keep that part a little bit more private? She's in the first year I was like, I'm just going to go with my gut on this. Mm -hmm. and see what feels comfortable. And then the second year birthday kind of hit and we were still like sprinkling her in. And now when she's, she's just turned three, I kind of like, I hit a hard stop one day where I went back and like deleted her, mm -hmm. which I felt kind of bad, but what it was. And honestly, this is exactly what happened. And it kind of freaked me out. She goes to school in LA, mm -hmm. it's a private school, a preschool. No one knows where she goes to school. I would never post it on social media. And I had a, a I never told anybody this. I had a publicist reach out to me and was like, Hey, my client said that you go to the same school as her kid. And I'm like, how do they even know that? And, and it's because they saw June at school in the parking lot getting picked up. And I was like, Oh my God. Like she was like getting recognized without oh. me there. And it freaked me out. And this was like a nice woman. She's a jewelry right. designer. I actually love her jewelry. I'm a big fan of hers, but it's still like, it was just a good wake up call. You wow. know, it wasn't like a weird vibe thing, but like, it certainly could have been, you know what I mean? Like she goes to the grocery store without me. She goes to the park without right. me. Like we have a nanny, we're working full time and she's like out in the world right. without me. And I would hate for like a stranger or someone to come up with her, which has happened with my friends in the past mm. um, who are also influencers with their kids. So that was kind of a wake up call. We, I've been posting her a little bit more lately. We kind of like toe the line where I'm like, I can, it's a slippery slope. Right. Again, she's my whole life. Of course. And I'm just obviously obsessed with her. And so I want to post about her, but I have to kind of remind myself that there's, you know, half a million people following us and I don't know them all personally. Right. No, yeah, for sure. That's definitely something to keep in mind, I'd imagine, especially being a mom. But I also get it on the flip side because as you were saying before, like you have such an engaged audience and I sometimes yeah. feel like with that, you want to share that personal stuff and you want to share like yeah. the struggles and like the not so great stuff about being a mom sometimes and then the beautiful things. And so I get there's probably a fine line to walk for sure. Yeah, it's definitely like that. And some people, some of my like longtime followers are like, we, we love June. We miss her. Like, how is she? And I feel bad, you know, that they can't see her like every day. Cause I, I follow some of my girlfriends who have kids. They post them every day. Like my friend, um, Ariel Turnus, she's something Navy. She posts her girls all the time. And I'm so thankful that she does that. Cause it's like my way of keeping in touch. Mm -hmm. you know? Totally. But anyway, it's, it's, it's a, a line you got to kind of learn how to tow with your mother intuition. That's hard to yeah, I'm sure. figure out. I also don't want June to be like, her name's June. 
I don't want her to be like 10 or 11 and be like, why did you post me on your Instagram, mom? I get that too, because I think about that sometimes. I think about it when I was like a baby and I look at home videos. I, if my mom had shared those online of me, these home videos, like there's one video where my sister takes my gumball and I start scream crying. And I'm like, if that was like in a vlog format on some platform somewhere, I would, I would kill my mom. I would be so upset. (laughs) Yeah. I just wouldn't want that. Yeah, totally. I I don't want that for her either. But I also think it's dependent on like person in a situation because I feel like Maybe if you had asked me that, I would have a different answer a few years ago. I think now I'm like extra sensitive to like what goes online of me just from like what's happened in the past. But I feel like so it is dependent. But um, But you just don't know like where, you know, the world's going to take you or, you know, what's going to happen. Maybe June wants to be like. I don't know, a CIA agent. And she won't be <laughs> she able needs to be really low key. <laughs> yeah. Her photos all over the internet. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, um, totally. So you don't know who she's going to become. And I don't want to, you know, decide for her. Yeah. I respect that. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. What would you say, like, some of the biggest challenges you faced when starting social media? And, like, let's say somebody's listening right now that wants to get into this with blogging or YouTube or whatever it is. Um, Maybe, like, some advice or what you went through that, like, you overcame or tips you learned. Is there anything that stands out? Um, I think, honestly, like, anytime someone approaches me and they're like, I want to start a blog or I want to start a YouTube channel, like, what should I do? Should I hire a team? Do I need an assistant? Should I hire a videographer? I always just tell them to just start doing it. It doesn't mean you have to post it or share it by any means, but if you don't enjoy doing it, it's going to feel like pulling teeth. And it's honestly not going to be successful. In my opinion, I think you really have to love being a content creator in order to be successful at it. I mean, you know, it's not like it looks easy because you're good at what you do, but it's really not. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of confidence. And I think you have to really be excited to like video yourself doing your makeup. You're like, this is so cool. Like I want to share this with people for some people that feels like pulling teeth. The idea of like being a content creator sounds so nice and glossy, but I think you really have to kind of have that, um, you know, that little piece that not everybody has that little like piece of excitement and joy and interest and curiosity to learn new things and share it with the world. Um, it's not for everyone. So I would, I would honestly just tell people to start doing it. And if you want to wake up every single day and that's the first thing you want to do, then, then great and keep doing it and doing it. And then I would worry about, you know, making it all be look beautiful and your logo and like right. you know, maybe hiring a web developer to help you with your site. Um, in the beginning, my, my biggest struggle, I think was for me personally, it was having the confidence to like put myself out there, um, and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing Mm. because I think a lot of people hear the word influencer and they think of, you know, a a 19 year old blonde girl bopping around the world, taking selfies. And she's super self-centered, which is so unfortunate that, that we have that stigma attached to, you know, what we do for a living and what our job is titled. I think we deserve a better title than that though. <laughs> my least so favorite things. word in the world right? is influencer. Influencer. I it's hate like, what it. What does that even mean? <laughs> I'm influencing people. Like also though, I think you can relate to this. We didn't sign, like I didn't start social media to influence or as a job. I started my YouTube because I liked a camera and talking to a camera. That was never exactly. my intention. So I always think to myself, I'm like, please don't rope me into this influencer. I just started it when I was 14 for fun. I don't want to now be an influencer. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah, I know. I don't. I hate it too. I hate it so much. And you do so much more than just that. Like entrepreneur, your yeah. your television personality, like your podcast host. Like there's so many. And God knows what else you're doing behind the scenes that we don't know about. Because I'm sure there's a ton. <laughs> it's just like, oh, she's an influencer. You're like, yeah, what? And I'm with you. I mean, I don't know. And I think everyone could be called an influencer. If you think about it, like my guy that sold me these, uh, faucets on my kitchen counter, he influenced me to buy those, <laughs> like, you know, um, but <laughs> for me, I think it's getting over that it's getting over what everybody else thinks. Mm. 
um, and just really not giving a damn and just going for it and being comfortable in my own skin, which is a lesson that took me many years to kind of learn. And I'm still working on it yeah. every day, you know? Do you have any advice or like, like a key thing to finding your self-worth, would you say? Yeah, I think really, and this is so cheesy, but it really does boil down to it's going to, it has to come from within. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think finding things to fill your cup up on a daily basis that really have absolutely nothing to do with anyone, but you has nothing to do with your phone or what it's going to look like or anything for me, that's yoga and gardening. Cause I'm old. <laughs> I love gardening. I just kind of get lost in these activities because they're very meditative for me. And it, it kind of brings me back down to practicing mindfulness and gratitude um, and knowing what really, really, really at the end of the day matters, you know, to me, that's family, um, and love. And, and that way, if you, if you're practicing these things on a daily basis at the end of the day, um, you know, you feel like your cup's being filled up in all the right ways and not the wrong ones mm. and not getting too boggled down that Instagram's algorithm is off and your last picture only got 20 comments and you're like, what's wrong with me? Right. Like, who cares? <laughs> that, that, that stuff does not matter. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's tough. I think it takes daily, daily practice. Yeah. For sure. I think it's really hard also for this upcoming generation to feel super secure. And I hope that people listening know that that's like very okay and very normal because we're yeah. being flooded with so much amazing content all the time. But also with that, it's natural to want to compare yourself to people or to look at this person's life or their hair or their body or whatever it is and just feel like, why don't I have that? Or why don't I look like that or something like that? Oh. Um, so I think that anybody who's listening who can like kind of relate to that, just know that that's okay. You're not alone. You're not alone <laughs> because even the people that are behind the scenes, like us posting it and showing the good aspects of our life, we also feel that way of looking oh to gosh. others, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I beat myself up so badly. Um, especially in the, in the very end of my book, I mean, all throughout the book, you can hear me, my, my inner voice, just beating myself up. And the funny thing is the pictures I was posting during that time, literally sitting first row at the Dior fashion week show mm. in Paris. And I'm like having the worst day ever because yeah. I just don't feel good about myself. And you just don't see that part. And, you know, it's a shame. And hopefully, um, my book will kind of pull the veil back, pull the curtain back right. for people to see a little bit more of that, because I do think it's very important, um, to not be too hard on yourself, especially in this, in this industry. Totally. Is your book, um, like different stories for chapters of like experiences or just like front to finish of like social media, what you've been through all the. Yeah, that's a good question. It's, it's actually front to finish, but it, it has a lot of stories, mm. you know, within, but it, they definitely all tie in together. Um, the book starts out, um, kind of in the middle of my journey, but we, we do a lot of flashbacks into my upbringing to kind of, um, you know, teach the reader, um, more about my background and why I struggle with PTSD. My dad was an alcoholic growing up. And so you kind of have to shed light on all those past experiences to, you know, um, learn more about what makes us tick. You know, mm -hmm. we all have the things that make us tick in a good way and in a bad way. Right. So we kind of shed some light on that, but, um, yeah, no, the Dior stories are in there. The fun fashion stuff's definitely in there too, right. you know, going to my first Chanel show and all that kind of stuff is all in there and how I got into those shows and, um, how I grew my following and how I grossed a million, you know, finally in a year, which took me a couple of years to get, 
Um, so all the fun stuff's in there too. So it's also like somebody could read it and take away and learn like, oh, that's how she did that. So if somebody yeah. wanted, so it's not only just what you've learned about yourself personally, but also it could probably help somebody if they're interested in this. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's really about cool. I grew my following and hired people and the growing pains and learning how to pay my taxes. Wow. <laughs> like all sorts of stuff's in there. Basically everything I learned in the past 10 years of being a di digital entrepreneur, um, the collaborations I've done, um, the cattiness in the industry. Mm. There's some stories in there about the gossip forums and all of that stuff. This sounds um, very juicy. <laughs> it, gets, it gets a little juicy. <laughs> that's really exciting. When is the book out? It's out on June 7th. Oh, that's really soon. I know. That's I know. so exciting. I know. I'm excited. I'm nervous, but excited. How long did that take you to write? took me two years. Wow. So this is like coming up, but it's been something you've been working on. That's the so birth. exciting. <laughs> a, a new child. Here it is. This oh, does not look like great. me anymore. Blondie. Yeah. Wow. I, I just went dark. You inspired me with your hair. Oh my God. Now. My hair is way too red. I'm Literally not. after this podcast, I'm going and dyeing the top a little bit more brown because I don't right. know. It went neon red it. somehow. I don't I know what it. happened. Thank you. Um, I'm going to let you go. But just to wrap up, I am curious to know as a mom and in motherhood, how are you keeping up with the trends? How are you finding out like what to post next? What is your secret? That is such a good question. <laughs> the secret are keeping young, cool, hip girls around me. <laughs> I have amazing assistants in the past who I'm still in touch with, Haley, Aaron, and now Sydney are my girls. And I'm Love like, it. you guys, I was on the phone with Haley last night. What did she teach me, Grant? She taught me um, a saying that said, I'm, I forgot what it was. What'd you say? I'm my main character, my main character era. She said, main you're really in character your character era. She said, you're in your main character era and I'm here for it. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I got to have my girls around. That's uh, great. You keep them around and they will keep you young. <laughs> oh man, I'm probably the same age as them and I want them around me. Yeah. Teach me how to be cool. cool. <laughs> Help me. Help. Well, thank you so much for coming on, JC. It was thank a you. pleasure talking to you and I'm so excited to read your book. Everybody you make so sure much. to check it out. June 7th, that is coming up. Liking myself back. Thank you so much for having me on and I will continue to follow you. I'm Thank you. Thank you All so right. much. I'll talk to you soon. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.